Ah, summer. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Who doesn't love shopping at Target? Did you know the all-new Target Circle is the free and easy way to get the most deals at Target? And when you pay with your Target Circle card, you can save an extra 5% your way every day. But wait, there's more. Now you've got a new way to save with Target Circle 360. With unlimited same-day delivery, Target Circle 360 is the fastest way to get your order to your door or someone else's. Right now, sign up for Target Circle 360 for just $49 for your first year of membership. That's $50 off the regular price. Visit Target.com slash Circle or the Target app for more details. Same-day delivery is subject to terms, applies to orders over $35. For 5% discount, restrictions apply. See program rules in-store or at Target.com slash Circle Card. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I am all in. with Scott Patterson, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back. I'm Scott Patterson. This is I Am All In podcast. We are going to recap uh, episode six, season one of Rory's birthday parties. Not party, <laughs> parties. She had more than one. Um, and listen, if I could just uh, take a moment uh, to discuss this uh, Max Medina uh, ranting that I've been doing. I, you know, we, we did a special episode with Scott, who is a lovely, lovely human being uh, on top of being one of the better jazz piano players, um, of anybody, uh, much less actors, but, uh, he, he can play a mean jazz piano, this guy, uh, just a lovely, lovely guy, terrific actor. Um, so it was never, it was never personal against Scott. It's just the character. That's, that's what I'm responding to. So, um, you know, we had a we had a, a nice discussion on uh, we made a special podcast out of it and uh and I feel a lot better about it. I do. I he said that he was willing to walk away from his job at Chilton, he for Lorelei. I respect that. 
I respect his perspective on that. I respect the choices that he made. I still want to throttle him because he's a rival. Don't, uh, that's not going to go away. That's always going to be there. <laughs> I'm serious about that, man. There's something that, you know, it's the Scotch Irish in me on, you know, on my dad's side, it just rises up. And, um, and you know, he, he, he invokes that. And so, um, but I, I gotta say, man, I mean, if you're in love with somebody, I, I can kind of dig where he's coming from. You know, it was for him, it was all about romance. He was willing to throw it all away, but I still have a bone to pick with him. I gotta tell you, I'm going to be watching these episodes and he better be real careful. Max Medina. I'm warning you. You got a little break from Max in this episode. I did. I got a little break. So let's let's talk about Roy's birthday parties because it's uh, my God, we're going to unpack one. We're going to unpack one heck of a show. This this so far has been my favorite episode. I mean, it is so filled, so filled with conflict and so filled with so many great lines. I don't know how we're going to pick a great line, but there are a million great lines in this in this episode. Um. You know, the thing that really struck me about this episode, and I, 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 I think you guys will agree with me, is is the level of vitriol between mother and daughter. I mean, mm-hmm. between Emily and Laura. I mean, it's like, and it's almost like, I don't know how Emily tolerated uh, Laura, even from the get-go, from the very first scene. Uh, you know, my daughter, Henny Youngman, everything's a joke. Everything's this. Mm-hmm. I mean, all she's trying to do is, you know, I think Richard and Emily got together a long, long time ago. Uh, and have for years uh, have have sort of shrugged their shoulders and acknowledged that Laurel is a lost cause, that she's never going to be pleasant company. She's never going to be a loving daughter to them. But Rory, they can work on Rory. They can they 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 can get it right with her. So everything they did wrong, maybe or apply the same kind of discipline or the same kind of cultural opportunities uh, um, from their perspective for Rory. I think they, they feel like they're going to save her life. I understand, though, why Emily makes Lorelai crazy. So I get what you're saying. But at the on the same token, it's like Emily is tough. She's yes, she's tough as nails. She yes. does a lot of things for herself and it drives Lorelai nutty. I, but but here's the thing that that watching this episode, watching just the first couple of scenes, I started asking questions. Where is Emily from? What was her mother like? What was mm-hmm. her grandmother like? Mm-hmm. What what is that bloodline like mm-hmm. for her to, to for them to produce an Emily Gilmore, where it was just it's a perfectionist. It's about manners. It's about appearance. It's about education. Mm-hmm. It's about wealth. It's about being elite. It's about maintaining culture. It's about protecting culture. It's about protecting education. It's about donating to Harvard. Donating to this private schools. This that. It's about culture. Keeping culture. And that's a responsibility. So I started wondering where Emily came from. And I, yeah. and I must have been, and I thought one scenario, here, here's a possible scenario. Emily's uh, bloodline came from nothing. Mm-hmm. That's and, what I think. and somebody, somebody, right? And somebody made a decision a couple hundred years ago, a woman who said enough is enough and education's the key. And I'm going to crack the whip on all my children. They might hate me. By golly, they're getting into Harvard. And it she works hard. Yes. She works hard to make everything right. perfect and the perfect right. home and social experience for Richard, you know, and the she works hard at that. Yeah. It's her full-time job. Absolutely. Appearances are everything. And and 
you know, they're a powerful couple. They are a power couple and they have extraordinary wealth. And that Mm -hmm. just didn't happen. That happened over generations. And Lorelai hates it. Lorelai hates it Mm -hmm. so much. Well, yeah. So the only explanation for Emily is there must be something wrong with her. So she's a lost cause, but right. Rory isn't. I mean, who gets pregnant at 16 and has the baby when they come from that? Not a Gilmore. Not you know a what Gilmore. I mean? Like not a Gilmore. Right. And it happened to them. And it also led me to, to, to wonder uh, about the origin of the name Gilmore, where it comes from. And it's Scottish and it's also Irish and it's, <laughs> and it's from Ulster as well. But if you're, it's a Scottish Highlander and you wonder you know, Scots are the smallest people in the UK. They average about five foot eight, five foot nine. But why is Richard so tall? He's a Gilmore. Why? Why? He's six four. I mean, he's a giant. So then I went back and read a little history on the region, and Norwegian Vikings invaded Scotland uh, in seven thirty nine. And that was four. I mean, it wasn't until twelve sixty six or something that. Uh, they got beaten back, and the Scots held firm. And it's, there's, there are a lot of details uh, to go to go into this that I'm skipping over. But uh, it wasn't really until 1407, 1408, when they got their lands back, when the Scots really got their lands back, uh, because somebody forgot to make a payment. <laughs> Richard does seem more like a Viking, but he? yes. So there's that DNA. So I'm thinking, okay, so that DNA got as in is in Laurela. She's she's fighting mad. So there's this sort of push-pull thing within her to fight against it. She is one, you know, she, there, there's an identity crisis there. But I think Emily comes from really tough stock. Yes. And she doesn't, and she's seen how people destroy themselves. And when she sees that Lorelai um, antagonizes every single line of her, every time she's trying to help Rory at that dinner table, you know, Lorelai's got a comment. It's this negative comment. I mean, in the real world, a grandmother would stand up and say, leave right now. Shut up or leave. Stop, you know, stop tittering away over there because I'm trying to help your daughter. I mean, that would lead to a big fight. It wouldn't, I mean, the amount of patience that Emily is displaying at that dinner table and throughout the episode is kind of extraordinary. It's so interesting you see it that way because I felt Emily did a lot of things wrong in this episode with good intentions, but she really crosses the line, inviting all the kids to the party, throwing this party that Rory doesn't want or like. She's trying to save Rory. That's her intention. She doesn't want Lorelai to destroy Rory. In her, right, in her perspective or her opinion. She sees a glimmer of hope in Rory. That she responds to me. She thinks I'm funny sometimes. I can win mm-hmm. her over. I can mm-hmm. maybe gain a little bit of control by giving, you know, the post-it notes on the things. The, the lawyer's coming for the will. And you can have anything you want. The desk, the this, the that, right? In a right. bizarre scene. But it's like they're being very generous. That's very generous to say something like totally. that. Totally. They are generous. They are trying to at, save her. Richard just keeps giving the checks for Fez. Here's another check for Fez. They're super generous. <laughs> Emily wants to buy her some extravagant mob block pen when really she just wants the $5 right. bracelet. But Emily wants to do things Emily's way. She doesn't bend to what someone else wants until she shows up at the other party. That was cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. It, yes. But the pudding, she's trying, she's trying. She's just not good. at. It. I think the party was, yeah, I, I think the party had a lot, a big impact on Emily, of course, but it was more for me. It was more about, I'm estranged from my daughter. I don't know my daughter. Maybe I need to give my daughter a little bit of a break here. Maybe she isn't a complete screw up. You know, maybe she's missing because, you know, because people that live at that level where Emily and, and Richard live, they, they don't have a great deal of freedom to let their hair down and really speak their minds. Right. They don't get to be themselves. I think a lot of them are that way because they, I, and I think that they both come from a tradition of keeping culture. And that's a great responsibility. It's a ton of work. And it's just what people expect at that level. And it's like, well, you have to make a, a little bit of speech to uh, our guests yes. and, and you yes. have to say thank you because that's what a hostess does. And um, that that's was, the proper right. way to do it. That's how you this have is, manners. That's this, what a right. good high society girl would do. Right. Manners in general. I mean, it's what it's what separates the elite from everybody else. It's it's the level of manners. And it's and it's but they can afford to have those kind of manners. Nobody else. But, you know, and then she saw right when she came to Rory's birthday party, what what regular people do, how they easily how how easily they love each other. Which party would you rather go to? I want to go to the snooty party. <laughs> I've been to so many of those other parties and they're fun, but I want to go to the snooty party. Those are hard to get into, you know, but there's something to that, right? Yeah. There is an appeal to what Richard and Emily have yeah. and that life and Rory, and we don't want to give too much away, but we know that she's intrigued by that life and she's drawn to that life, which we'll see over the next few years. She likes that. And then, yes. And it, and it, and it begs the question was Lorelai strong or weak? breaking away from that. She displayed mm -hmm. strength and weakness at the same time. Is it possible to do that? I mean, what did she do? And she's, and, 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 and Rory is cleaved so close to Lorelai. She won't let her go. She wakes her up at 4.03 AM. She gets in bed. Mm -hmm. She recites all this stuff about the night she was born, well. which is a very moving, touching scene. Mm -hmm. But you see that no one, but no one is getting near her kid. She's well, number eight, nobody. And I how about the end of the episode, Scott? Yeah. Lorelai is devastated when she sees right. Rory mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. Dean. Devastated mm -hmm. might not be the right word. Terrified. But she is. It's, yes. it's new territory for her. Yeah. She's a little terrified. Yeah. That gave me chills. Even when you just said that, it's like, is she worried she's losing Rory or is she worried that Rory could become Lorelai and mm -hmm. what happened to Lorelai? Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you, the acting is brilliant because yeah. even now, as I'm thinking about it, I have like chills because you, I can see her face perfectly and it, it expressed so much. You're like, Oh, it's right. It's the Babette yeah. line. What are you going to do when she leaves? When she goes to college, what are you going to have? What's mm -hmm. she going to have? And that's what Emily fills in the blanks for, for all of those types of questions. What you have is friends. You have um, uh, activities, you have fundraisers, you have, mm -hmm. you know, you want to raise money for the ballet. You want to raise <laughs> money for the, for, for the orchestra. You want to raise money for this or that, right? You are keeping culture. That's what they do. They raise 
money mm-hmm. to keep culture, to keep it alive, to keep it high right. quality, to get the great conductor to come visit to, to or to be in house or to, to get the top violinists, the top dancers, you know, this kind of thing. That's, that's what they do. They spend well, a great deal of their time doing that. Now that I think about it, they need to win over Rory to keep the line, the tradition going because Lorelai went sideways. So she's not going to be the heir that they great point. want to carry this on. Great point. The bloodline is, is the, the blood thinned out. It's breaking. Mm-hmm. The <laughs> Lorelai considers it breaking the neurotic chain. The Gilmores right. think it's like, you know, that's the end of us. That's the end of right. our bloodline. And we have a, ch- yeah, they're fighting for the soul of Rory so that mm-hmm. she comes back to them or their way of life. It's fascinating. You know, it, look, any great drama uh, needs a good bad guy. And, you know, there's a couple of them in Gilmore. I mean, Emily mm-hmm. could be considered a bad guy. What a great antagonist, right? Sometimes uh, a Lorelai could be considered a bad guy. Right. It's not level. Richard. It's not Richard. No, it's not Richard. Richard is so kind. Yes. And he just <laughs> loves all of them. He loves all of them uh-huh. and is trying to sort of keep the peace. Yeah. You know, those scenes with, uh, and especially when, when they arrive at the party, they're still tense. I mean, they just spent a day shopping and kind of connecting a little bit, uh, Emily and, and Lorelai, and she was surprised by it. And, um, she comes in, it's like that dress, you know, yep. did you make your daughter a hat out of it? I mean, like what's going on? And, and I mean, it's like, then now we're back to normal. We're back to mother daughter hating each other. And I just don't approve of you and you're inappropriate and get out of my face. And the party, despite your desire to go, is so anti-Lorelai. Yeah. But we don't, I think Rory, there are things she likes about it. You know, she has her blow up, but like, like you're saying, it is a fancy affair. I mean, what do you think she spent on that thing? Hundred grand. Uh, real, that's a lot of servants you got to pay. That's some yeah, gr- well, great the food. Flowers, yeah, yeah. The flowers, the food, the, 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 all the detail. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's the valet invitations. out there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. The, the, the embossed invitations. Right. Isn't that what it's right. called? They, they, she, pl- I don't know if it was a hundred grand, but she plunked down some oh. dough. 75 grand. That's expensive. Yeah, that's, it is to put on a, an affair like that. That's no joke. And um, all their friends are there. That's the mm-hmm. thing too. She uses his, uses this as her way to not just have the kids from school, but all their friends and look at us and look at Rory. And she goes to Chilton with all these kids and Richard knows Tristan's grandfather. (laughs) Of course he does. But I think, but, but also, uh, you know, another thought popped in my mind when I'm watching it is they are making these people so abhorrent. Uh, that, you know, you say to yourself, no wonder Lorelai didn't want any other thing to do with it. Cause they're oh, just that woman. Oh, that woman that comes up to Lorelai. Oh, that Lorelei's... was the best scene of the whole oh. season. So oh. for Mitzi, that was genius. <laughs> that was genius. Who was that Sticks actress? Her foot in her mouth. Oh, no, no, but how great was it? Again. I'm trying to grow. <laughs> was snapping the fingers. Like, where's God. the servant? You know, I've been working on myself a lot, Laurel. I'm, you know, and I'm since my divorce, and I'm trying to grow. 
Oh, <laughs> it was fantastic. And she was bringing up Christopher. And like, oh, good for us, because we get to learn more does about that Christopher. kill you, Lorelai? Who does that? You're like, let me put a dagger in your heart and bring up your ex, baby oh, daddy. That was Jeez. absolutely my favorite scene of the whole <laughs> The whole I'm six snapping. episodes so far. I lo- snapping for the oh, the, I watched the snapping doing. 20 times. I kept replaying it. I said, this is just, this girl's brilliant. <laughs> this is just the best moment of the whole thing. Um, oh. But the two of them together, I mean, that was a masterclass in comedy acting because it was just so subtle and nuanced. It was so great. I mean, I know we're going backwards, but the sticky noting the furniture <laughs> they want right. when Richard and Emily pass on. Right. Oh my God. But you would oh. only hope that it would be so organized, right? <laughs> and, and, and to so predetermined question, because Bridget, you know what these things do to, to families. If people aren't detailed about it, you know, it, it breaks families apart and they want to make sure that she's going to get what they want to give her. Love and it. to what answer you your say? question, Bridget mm-hmm. White played Mitzi. Oh. She's, Mitzi, that was fantastic. Could anything be better than Mitzi? Yeah, I mean, did she did she have a recurring role? I think we only see her that time. Oh wow, that girl needed to get her own series, or she at least needed to have a <laughs> recurring so- role on the show because it was the it was the funniest scene. And you have to assume that she was written in for a reason. Yeah, to show why, why Lorelai ran away. Hated this crap exactly. so much exactly. that's why that's what the character's purpose served exactly tristan's uh character serving that purpose as well uh so is liza wheels how is paris that's like Ooh, let's to- talk about paris <laughs> yeah. after yeah. this because there's some juicy paris stuff in this episode yeah, yeah there's juicy stuff but um but it you know it's a world unto itself it's a world few people really know uh, and it is, it's, I mean, I don't know how accurate, uh, it is, uh, portraying it that way, but I'm sure it's, it's not inaccurate, uh, at times. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, I think it's, there's a lot of accuracy. Yeah. In it. Yeah. Anyway, so we're going to take a little break. We'll be back after these messages. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. 
Seven questions, limitless answers. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. This month, we're bringing you the stories of disappearing acts. There's the 17th century fraudster who convinced men she was a German princess. The 1950s folk singer who literally drove off into the sunset and was never heard from again. The First Nations activist whose kidnapping and murder ignited decades of discourse about indigenous women's disappearances. And the young daughter of a Russian czar whose legendary escape led to even more intrigue and speculation. These stories make us consider what it means to disappear and why a woman might even want to make herself scarce. Listen to Amanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery, but that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, we're back. I'm Scott Patterson. I am all in podcast. We're getting into Rory's birthday parties. This is episode six, Rory's birthday parties. Air date, November 9th, 2000. Rory clashes with Emily when Emily plans a formal birthday party for her. Meanwhile, Lorelai organizes a casual get together to celebrate. Some people have called this one of the best episodes of the Gilmore Girls. It's fantastic. I mean, it's mm-hmm. shockingly good. And I, again, and I, you know, I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but how on earth did this show not get nominated <laughs> for major awards? I mean, it's unbelievably great. Every single second of this episode and this series pretty much so far has been perfection, absolute comedic and dramatic perfection. I mean, what a, yeah. what a balancing act. What a show. Um, just this one really knocked me out. So mm-hmm. I'm going to. Anyway, so let's get into uh, Rory's reaction. She got a little snippy with Emily. Oh, there. at the party! Ooh. Oof! Wow, she let her have it. I mean, that was both barrels. I mean, that was like a, that was like an uppercut, that was like a, a a left hook, and then a right hand overhand, right to the nose, knocked her out, and then just left. Emily was flattened. It was just terrible. It was it was shocking, shocking moment. I felt she was being a little ungrateful. I, I <laughs> she took it. Was, it was like it was like the Lorelai rising up in her, yeah, and speaking through her. How would you feel? You're the 16 year old. You just want to like have your birthday. Every kid from your school's invited that hates you, that you hate, and now your grandma wants you to make a freaking toast at at this fancy affair that you're like. Oh my God, no. So there's, you know, there's, there's the gap in Emily's uh, process. Mm -hmm. Emily should have had the talk with Rory at the dinner. 
saying, mm-hmm. listen, I'm going to, would it be okay? Or I'm going to invite mm-hmm. all of your friends. That should have been a conversation. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, but I think she just does things. I don't think she did it in any, I mean, she did it with, with, with a good heart, right? With good totally. intentions. She wants Rory to fit in. And I don't know if, if Emily's even aware of the tension that Rory's having or the conflict that Rory's having at school. She invited everybody because right. that's what you do. That's what you do. It's more On about the fancy right. cardstock. Right. It's like, hey, we're play. She's arrived. She's to be taken seriously. This is what kind of wealth she comes from. Don't even think about not coming. And you make that speech, toast, whatever right. you want to call it, because that's what you do. Because it, yes, because it's because it's really a, a cannon shot over the bow of the other wealthy families that are sending their kids to Chilton's. Like, hey, we're players. She's just not a girl. She see Rory didn't understand. Laurel, I didn't understand that the Gilmores had their back by throwing that party because they're they're saying to the other families, don't mess with this girl anymore. She's mm-hmm. somebody. And this Look is at what who, Paris said. this is who her grandparents are. Don't mess with us. Paris, right. my, my, my parents made me come. Right. Same right. thing. There's mm-hmm. no difference between Paris's parents and the Gilmore grandparents. Right. You make this speech because that's what you right. do. Paris, you go to this party. We're making you. Right. And Emily it's and Richard providing Rory the protection, the, 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 the pedigree that, that Laurel I can't give her. Because Laura, you know, as they, you know, Emily probably already assumed that, uh, you know, Lorelai was being mocked at school and uh, and Rory was getting bullied. I mean, it's it's a no brainer for her. So it's like throw that party, send the invitation, send a message to everybody. This is who this girl is. And you can't mess with her anymore. She's somebody. So in that world, that's like Emily declaring war in the other families and say, careful, we have nuclear weapons, too. You know what I mean? So you give us your respect because you're not going to give Lorelai that respect. And therefore, her da- our granddaughter is going to suffer because of what our daughter uh, did when she was 16 and had a baby. Now, let's fix this. We, can, we can't fix it with our daughter, but we can fix it with our granddaughter to make sure that nobody beats her up. I looked at it. I see what you're saying, and I think you have a great perspective. I mm-hmm. looked at it as the Gilmores are showing off that Rory's not a scholarship kid. We are just the same as you all are. And uh, it's kind of like flexing Rory. Like she comes from the right Right. pedigree. It's a power move. Yes, it is a power move. And it's meant to protect the Gilmore name. Yeah. It's meant to protect Rory. It's, 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 it's enveloping her in, they're loving, very powerful arms. They're flexing their muscles. Right. I, I guess it's don't mess with Rory because then ultimately mm-hmm. you're messing with your father's insurance yes. that Richard sells. Yes. It. Right. And it's global because he just got off the phone with China. We're having a little trouble with our <laughs> I don't mess with the Gilmores. We yeah. defeated the Vikings. We <laughs> absorbed their DNA, which is why I'm so tall. <laughs> we will mess you up. Now, what I have a few questions for you, Scott. One yes. is I'm going backwards again, but what was your opinion on the pudding? Um, yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's a great line. <laughs> it's one of the great lines. It inspired one of the great lines. 
<laughs> it's like tantamount to hospital food. It's <laughs> <after> major <laughs> surgery. <laughs> She's such a snob. I mean, I'm really kind of digging Emily. I really like I her. I know. I love her. I really like her. Um, like, what was the pudding? Was well, the pudding? That, you know, because 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 Lorelai likes it. <laughs> she can't understand why, but she likes. Like, it. was Emily doing it to say, "I'm serving pudding in fancy bowls because you all like pudding, and I am trying." It's a concession. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's a concession. Why would you want him to keep coming back without giving you so much crap all the time? Maybe Lorelai will shut up for five minutes and start getting grateful a little bit. But it's like everything this woman comes out of her mouth, you know, there's Lorelai saying, really, mom, is that really the smart, you know, it's like she's like a nut. It's, it's so like, interesting to me control. because you hate Max Medina so much, but you are always siding with Emily when Emily is tough on your girl. You know why? I'll tell you why. Let me make a little confession right here on the air. I did not like the way she talked to me when she came into the diner. She said, dance for me, burger boy. And then he came up to the table. And this is after he made balloons in the table and, and Ferrari and all that kind of stuff. And all he got was, oh, Luke, you old softy. You know, they don't respect Luke. I felt that they did not really respect him uh, when they were sort of playing around with him. Oh, eighth grade birthday party. And the cops came. Oh, it was really something. Look, I mean, they didn't respect him enough to talk to him mm. in plain English, the way he wants to talk to him, you know, the way, he, cause he doesn't do all that banter. He doesn't do the banter back mm -hmm. and forth. He doesn't do that stuff. He's not a sophisticated guy, but he's not, it's not that he doesn't read. He reads, right. he knows things, but he's just not, you know, Mr. Chit Chatty, Life is, uh, oh, it's funny, and let's just create funny lines and and, and, yeah, and go to the country scene. club. and this It's this country club attitude where nobody takes anything seriously. We see the same attitude in the way we were. It's like, is everything a joke to you people? It's like, you know. Right, like, so you're, you're like, experiencing yeah, it is. what Emily experiences. Yeah, a little bit. Although, and he walked away. He even said, you know, I'm not, I'm not listening to this anymore. And he walked away because he knew that they weren't, they were talking at him. You know, there's such a push pull with Luke and Lorelai where it's such a fine line because she does that ribbing to him and mm -hmm. you do that to her. But mm -hmm. then you're getting a little butt hurt by it. Yeah, I'm not good at it. Yeah. I I go too hard with it. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I, I do. I, I'm a, I'm because I'm like, I know I'm out of my league with this girl. I'm out of my depth. Although <laughs> not when you showed up at the party, because in that scene at the party at Lorelai's, Number one, you had the ice, which was epic. You're like, you know, you should always bring ice. Mm -hmm. Number two, you threw her off her game with the, will you marry me? Whoa. So it's almost like after the diner scene, you came back and you owned that scene. Yeah, the, the marry me line, huh? Will you marry me? And then Emily sees you two like each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, Emily immediately says... What is going on with mm -hmm. you and the Iceman? Mm -hmm. It's like she saw it before either of you were really ready to even acknowledge it. Well, there's something about Christopher. I mean, let, let's compare Christopher to Luke. Okay. So there's something about Christopher, his rebellious nature, him, you know, knocking Lorelai up when they were both 16 and juniors in high school. And, you know, he went off. I mean, his life was altered as well. 
Um, now, educate me here. Uh, I apologize, but uh, Christopher is of that ilk, isn't he? Yes. He is. Yes. And, the, and I was always surprised. Uh, right. And we're getting ahead of ourselves right. by how much the Gilmores like him. Right. He's the right. Like they breed. forgave him. <laughs> yeah. They wanted Lorelai to marry him. Yeah. Well, it was Richard would have Richard would have given him a job. It was the next. It, it was the only. It was the the only thing to do, to cover the mistake. I mean, it was still going to be, uh, you know, uh, it was still going to be a black mark against the family name, right? And for, for sure for Lorelai. But I mean, they could cover up that mistake in a matter of years. You know, Chris goes to college. He, you know, he'll go to Yale. He'll go to Harvard. Richard will pull some strings. He'll end up being a VP at the the insurance company, and you know, everybody will forget about it. And if anybody talks about it, Richard will and Emily will crush them. So they lost control. Yeah. Christopher should have married Lorelai because it's what you do. That's what Again. you do. Yeah. And the, the reason I'm Team Lorelai is because I love that she does what she wants. Mm-hmm. She doesn't conform to any of it other than what she wants. And she didn't want Christopher to marry her because that would have been ruining Christopher's life. He wasn't, no, give me a break. He wasn't rebellious enough. Oh, she wanted to, she, no, she wanted Marlon Brando. She wanted to go off way off. I mean, she just wanted to go find a guy who was going to rock her world. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Mm. And it, and it wasn't Christopher. I think she's saying I'm not. Ma- this happened. She this needed Lorelai needed a blue collar guy. That's what she needed. That's what she wanted. That's what she wanted when she to get away from that world. I've seen it a million times. I've seen it a million times. There are there's there, there's a whole uh, a, a population of kids that comes from these great families and they end up in New York City or in L.A. living in hovels. And denying where they're from right. and, and de- <laughs> not wanting to associate. And they have they have a different experience. We you know? know how this thing ends. So ultimately, I can't argue with you because I know you're right. Mm-hmm. But surely along the way, you'll we're going to see it. And we're starting with Max Medina. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she definitely is attracted to. Jason and I don't want to you know get ahead but everyone listening has probably already seen it too and Christopher like she there is something she likes about her old life or her upbringing but she rebels against it Mm -hmm. yeah that's she can't go back she'll never go back she cannot go back there's just too much water under the bridge with her mother Mm -hmm. it's just too she can't I mean, who knows, uh, uh, and maybe we'll find out uh, this as a watch the episode, but uh, who knows when she made that decision in her life, and she probably made it the night she was with Christopher, or well before, maybe she was trying to get pregnant, so she had an excuse to get the hell out of there. I, see, and, and Christopher, I mean, Christopher's doing the same thing. He's always rebelling against traditional can, can you imagine what Emily was like 15, 16, 17 years ago, 18, 20 years ago? I mean, before Lorelai had the baby, can you imagine how intense she was about it. growing up? Imagine Emily with the cotillion or the debutante ball right. or the right. Oh. oh yeah, I mean, talk about overbearing. Mm. <laughs> I mean, she's intense Wait. now, 
and she's a grandmother. Imagine what she was like as a young mother. I feel like you're not giving me enough about that scene in the entryway to Lorelai's with the ice, <clears throat> with the will you marry me, with the... Can you remember anything about that? I mean, that scene is so epic. The will you marry me scene? Yes, because we see. I think it's just basic foreshadowing. I think it's yes. just really basic foreshadowing. Um, I think it's it's a line that was written to prepare an audience to open up possibilities, not that it necessarily was going to go there. But I think it was something, it was like an injection into the audience's uh, bloodstream Okay, like Luke's in play, maybe. Yes, and I think as a fan or a Mm -hmm. viewer, I liked Luke so much. I liked him from the very start. And so this is always giving me that hope or that moving it forward, like, I'm not wrong. I'm not Mm -hmm. wrong when I'm Mm -hmm. sitting at home going, Luke's the guy. Right. And then for Emily to see it too, it's so vindicating for the fan. You're like, it's, I knew it. It's very clever. It helps the audience to participate in the drama as opposed to just watching it. It's 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 a whole different style of writing. Especially coming off of the Big Max episode. Mm-hmm. It's like we put a pause on that completely. And all of a sudden we're like, I knew it. I knew she likes Luke. I knew it. But the thing is, if you give if you give the audience what they want right away, they don't want that. They want to be tortured. <laughs> they were tortured and for four years. And you did it. You're like, will you marry me? It's like, what? <laughs> you just nailed it. And then Emily just being priceless, like, who's the guy with the ice? And why is he uh, looking at you? And you're about to give him a lap dance. And it's just like, but he oh gave when God. she, but she, when she invited him to the party, he was pleased. He doesn't smile a lot, and he smirked a little, like, wow, I got invited. That was a big deal for him. Because I remember how I played it. It's like, okay, be really happy, but cover, 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 let a little smile out. That's exciting for him. He gets he he gets to be invited because not a lot of people are inviting him anywhere. He's going to town hall meetings because everybody goes. But it's like, is he being invited to a lot of places? He's, you know, he's grumpy Luke. Um, and just the ice. I mean, the yeah. fact that she was getting in the car to go get the ice and here comes Luke yeah. with the ice. Right. It's like, that was so major it's like he knows what she needs right whereas in the world she comes from they shove it down your throat and they tell you what you need here Mm -hmm. in this world there are actual feeling beings who maybe really care about who i am and they will give me what i need the little things which are so important right we haven't even talked about yet the party at lorelei's it really sums up Stars Hollow and that these people have all known each other and they know Rory since she was born. And this is a family. And that's why Emily is sitting in that wing chair to mm-hmm, the side mm-hmm. going, hmm. Just blown away. I missed yeah. all of this. Yes. And these people are her people. Right. She felt powerless. And she put down her sword. A little bit. She just kind of like a zombie walked upstairs to just look at her room. She just, she was, that was a, she was on a Columbo. She was Columboing the whole thing. So she went upstairs, saw the broken leg photo. I didn't know you had a broken leg. Well, if, you know, look, if I had something really serious, you would have known, but it was just a broken leg. And it was just like, wow. There's there's so much. And Rory gets Mm -hmm. Richard. Rory gets Richard 
so well. She's mm-hmm. like, here's the mm-hmm. Cosmo magazine, do right. the quiz. Right. Are you a winter or a fall? Right. It's like she gets him right. and he likes her so much. Yes. They are. And he says, I, and I loved his, his reaction. Well, Rory, I discovered that I, I am an autumn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're so cool. They're so cool together. No, they really, it's a great dynamic with those two. It's the There's nothing for her not to love about her grandparents, except that, you know, and I think she kind of stays out of the, 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 the tit for tat bickering between the two of them at the dinner table or ever, but it's just, I, I think she's, you know, she really loves her grandma. She wants to love her grandparents and she loves think, Richard. She loves Emily, but she really wants her. I think know, she's her... starting to learn that they have loyalty to Rory. Mm-hmm. They have her back, mm-hmm. which as we all know, as we go on, mm-hmm. we will see that more and more. Yeah. And I think we're, we're, we're seeing the important beginnings of that. Right. Yeah. And I, and I want to go, and I want to go back to, there was a scene in the diner, uh, where Rory comes up with Lane and I've, and, and I'm. Oh, the balloons. Could you die? I wanted so there's, to cry. So I was gonna, like, this right. is adorable. So I'm in a foul mood, right? Again, I'm in a foul mood. And I'm thinking, Jesus, this guy's in a foul mood. And he kind of snippy at Rory. And <laughs> well, the stupid balloons I had to blow up and then go over and sit over there. Yeah, get out of here. You know what he was pissed about? It was again, this, this, the wealth gap. It's like mm-hmm. you and your mom are from this world. I'm trying to overcome that. I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. I love you guys. I love you, Lorelai. I love you, Rory. I want to be a part of that. I want to help raise you. I want to help. And I have helped raise you, but I mm-hmm. want to be, you know, I want to make a family with you guys. And you play with me and you mock me at the table and you don't talk to me with respect. And yet here I am delivering ice and doing this and, and, and uh, um, blowing up balloons and making you cake. And yet you won't even talk to me like I'm a real person when I'm serving you food. That really got your goat where well, that I was, was the like, next, that was the next morning. And, and he was just like, you know, yeah, you know, I'm, <laughs> I felt like they just have that sort of snarky pitter patter back and forth. But because you are Luke, ultimately, like you feel what Luke feels, you look at it in such a different way, where I really am watching always from Lorelai's perspective. Why is Luke always grumpy? Answer the question. Why is he grumpy? He's not, he's grumpy because he's in love with a woman that he can't get, who doesn't really respect him, who, and I've been in this situation where somebody said to me, I can't take you seriously at one point in my life when I, before I became successful. Um, yeah, I can't take you seriously. You don't even make $50,000 a year. Oh. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. And, and, uh, and that's kind of how he feels. It's like, she'll never take me seriously. The daughter doesn't take me seriously. And I'm grumpy because I'm never going to get this woman because she's going to date a million guys. And now she's with this max guy. And every time he resolves it in his own mind, just to sort of, all right, screw it, accept it. You know, it's maybe such you an somebody important else. point you're making yeah. that I just had this like Oprah aha moment because here <laughs> I am looking at it six episodes. He's only liked her for six episodes, no. but I'm so wrong that I was looking at it like that. He's liked her for a decade, 16 years. Yeah. 
Okay, so four seasons in, he finally kisses her. They're finally, you know, it finally happens. That's 20 years he's been sitting there. <sighs> 20 years in love with that woman. Yeah. Wow. And not feeling worthy and being, you know, knowing that the uh, uh, the gap in class and wealth and is keeping them apart. Because he's terrified of her. He's terrified of her. I literally just realized because when you first said it in this conversation, you're like, why do you think he's grumpy? It's because he's in love with her. I was like, oh, Scott's being so like dramatic. And now I'm like, oh my God, you've loved her since she moved to Stars Hollow. Why yell, why yell at Suki with so much ferocity for being behind the <laughs> counter and then getting in Lorelai's face and say, next time you bring her in here, put her on a chain. It's, it's, like, it's like F you to where you come from F Max Medina, F your conversations that I can overhear. You don't even have enough respect for me not to talk about this stuff when I'm serving you and I've been in love with you for, you know, God, 16 years. I can't years. believe I sort of just didn't. It's, 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 it's amazing the guy didn't explode before season two. <laughs> just yes. Spontaneously combust Frankly, with true. all his issues. <laughs> Oh my God, I need to ask you about this because I do think Paris and Rory had a bit of a breakthrough when Paris said, nice party. You don't like Tristan, do you? Like that, or do you like Tristan? That was pretty major. And the ice is like, speaking of ice, Iceman, the ice uh, between them is thawing a little bit. Uh, Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's really, you know, Paris is beginning to realize that this rival could win and she is winning she's a she's better looking she's a very attractive young girl she's as smart if not smarter she appears to harbor no resentment against anyone she's a very pleasant pleasing open personality she's a vulnerable person she's not like me so she's better than me Paris knows that Rory is a better version of a human being. Well, yeah, and than she, she thinks is. she's seeing that Tristan's paying attention to mm -hmm. Rory, and Paris likes Tristan. So why better to keep your friends close and your enemies closer? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she's like, I better get close to this girl so right. I can stop her from right. liking the dude I like. Another manipulator over there at Chilton. It's like Jesus. It's also, like, I mean, of course. Him. Paris, who you'd expect to be smarter, falls for Tristan. It's like, oh, God. Tristan. How does anybody fall for that? It's like, Jesus. I mean, what an episode. You know you oh, like me, Mary. Stop fighting it. You know, you know we're going to go out. You know you're going to love it. It's like, wow. It's like, really? I mean. Oh, my God. And we forgot another major thing. What? freaking bracelet it's the first appearance of the bracelet oh that was see that the was bracelet. Yeah, the bracelet that's one of the best lines in the whole thing isn't this something that you would buy at a car wash <laughs> you want me to get her something that you would find at a car wash not that bracelet wait that bracelet there i forgot there's two bracelets no she bought the bracelet what talk what are you oh you mean dean's the, bracelet oh no no i thought you were talking about rory's bracelet i know i messed up you're right it is you're, both you're right. of Rory's bracelets. There's two bracelets. Yeah. I yeah. didn't even realize. The double. Right. There's right. the, that looks like something you'd buy at a car Was that a quarter? Like, was it, what did he drill a hole in a quarter? What did he say? He said he found the. 
It was a coin. It was a it coin. Was a coin. It, was mm-hmm. a, it was a 20, it was 25 cents. Not a quarter. It could have been like a. What was it? Susan B. Anthony dollar. But no. It wasn't. It's like a. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was a quarter. Did anyone see the clown pillow? I didn't see it. I didn't even see though we were it. All I did look house. for it. I did. I'm now I'm trained to look for it. I didn't see it. Um, but anyway, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you make a better episode than that. I really don't. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Mine certainly does. Ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in Sicily. Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta, visiting the scene of the crime, confronting mafia experts, tracking down Italian officials, and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. 
Last question. I promise you have to go. I have to go. But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, we're back. Scott Patterson here. I am all in podcast, iHeartRadio. Riley, where are we going? Let's go to pop culture. Let's do it. Emily says, my daughter, Henny Youngman. Yeah. Is that because take my wife? This is, uh, you know, my wife came to me and said, I want to go someplace I've never been. So I gave her directions to the kitchen. You're a great audience, everybody. You're a lovely audience. <laughs> the king of the one-liners. He would stand up there for hours. Well, I think he would stand up there for an hour and just do one-liners. And people would just fall over. They'd fall over their tables. They'd laugh so hard. The guy's hysterical. Rory says, you couldn't get her to cave? Lorelai says, no, but she agreed to make a string quartet of Like a Virgin. Well, Madonna. Madonna. I mean, right. yeah, Chuck. Madonna. Yeah, Madonna. Lorelai says, not really. The government will close the, that day. Flags will fly if a hat mass. Barbara Streisand will give her final concert again. <laughs> right, which I think Barbara Streisand is still giving her final performance. She's still prepping. 20 years later. Like, I love Babs. But yeah, but what a singer, right? Oh. What a singer. And I really thought that she really made it work with James Brolin. I never thought that would last. And look at it go. I had dinner with him one night. He's kind of cool, right? He's kind of cool. He's a cool guy. But I mean, it wasn't, it was at a party, but we, it was a dinner party and he was there. Was it a snooty affair or was it more like a party at Laura? I, I, I think it, they were trying to have a snooty affair. A snooty affair. Yeah, it was, it was in Beverly Hills, but it was, it was, <laughs> but he was a cool guy. He was, he was yeah. a really cool guy. He was very, uh, very appealing. He guy. scored. He scored with Babs. I mean, way to go. She continues. However, Elvis and Jim Morrison are coming and they're bringing chips. <laughs> Well, everybody knows Elvis and, uh, and uh, you know, Jim Morrison, for those of you who don't know who Jim Morrison is, he's the lead singer of The Doors, you know, yeah. uh, L.A. Woman and uh, uh, many other monster hits of the 60s and set, late 60s and early 70s. And yeah, he, stream uh, the Val Kilmer movie he, if you uh, need to learn about it. Yeah, he, uh, he uh, exposed himself to a crowd in Miami was arrested and then uh, charged and then he fled the country and moved to Paris with his girlfriend. Excellent and, Jim Morrison knowledge. Fun and, fact. And, and he, wow. uh, uh, he was a, a film student at UCLA and that's how he met, he met Ray Manzarek, the, the keyboard wow. player, and they formed their little band. Come on, baby, light my fire. Yeah. Suki says, it's too bad you couldn't get your mom to relinquish Friday. And Lorelai says, no, she has her Vulcan grip on that one. Star Trek. Vulcan. Vulcan. Spock. Spock. Leonard, Vulcan. Leonard Nimoy. Vulcan. Yeah, that's Vulcan death grip. Leonard Nimoy. And then we've had all the reincarnations with the movie, the Vulcan yeah. grip. I and mean. You, you just come up and, and touch the shoulder. You just go like that. Yeah. And the person's like, boom. boom. They go right to sleep. The Vulcan death grip. Riley, do yourself a favor and watch Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. I, I know the the hand signal oh, for yeah, Star Trek. Yeah. Just apparently not the these Vulcans. The man, they have some special. They're special people. <laughs> if they're half people, half people. Lorelai says, "Lucy, I'm home." Oh, that was great. Yeah, that was uh, great. Ricky Ricardo. Yep. I love Lucy. Famous TV show. Lorelai says, and Justin is just so dreamy. He can't marry Brittany. I'll just cry, cry, and cry. <laughs> that was a good Timberlake, Spears, and still going today. It's like no one has forgotten Timberlake and Spears. Their matching denim will last forever. You know, I got a message uh, in 2003. I got a message on my answering machine from Brittany Spears. 
Are you serious? I, uh, yes. What did she say? She just, I thought it was her. I never called back. I thought it was a joke. So I don't know if there's any way to confirm. Do you this. save the message on no, a cassette tape no. somewhere? I just thought it was, you know, because I, 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 you know, my buddies back home, they, they play a lot of jokes on me, man. Like oh. phone jokes and stuff like that. <laughs> they get me wound up. Like she was a fan of Gilmore? I don't know. She just was calling you? I don't know if it was her. It probably wasn't her. I mean, the chances that it was her. I mean, why would somebody that young be calling somebody in their early 40s? Because maybe she just loved Gilmore. Maybe, yeah. She said it was a pleasure encountering you, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I never encountered her. I never met her. Is that a line from the show? <laughs> yes. That was Max <laughs> Medina's line. Now. That's Max Medina's. Oh, that was God. Max Medina's oh, line. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was a great, great one, Riley. That's a pretty, yeah, nice one. Lorelai says, you're shopping for your imaginary gra- granddaughter, Barbara Hutton. Yeah. She's a popular socialite yeah, she's, from the yeah, early 1900s. Yeah. yeah. There were certain, you know, Life Magazine and Look Magazine used to do profiles of New York socialites, and she was one of the more popular ones. Uh, there were there were several. Rory says, I wonder if the Waltons ever did this while they were laying in bed. <laughs> Good night, John Boy. <laughs> Good night, Mom. Good night, Dad. The, the Waltons was the show of mm-hmm. the 70s, by the way. Emily says, well, what do you think? And Lorelai says, I think Edith Wharton would have been proud and busy taking notes. Edith Wharton is American novelist. She was best known yep. for the age of innocence. You have to be smart AF to, to know everything in this show. Capital AF. Yes. Like you got to know a lot of stuff. Rory says, what are you drinking? Lorelai says, a Shirley Temple Black. <laughs> I got your good, good ship lollipop right here. <laughs> that was a good this line. Is- very good, yeah. Shirley Temple Black, that's when she was... She married. She her married name was, yeah. Yeah, that was her married name. So a Shirley Temple with alcohol is a Shirley Temple Shirley Temple, Black. for those of you who do not know, was a child sensation. Child star, singing, dancing, cutest thing in the world. She sang the Good Ship Lollipop. It was the number one hit song in the country for years and years and years. And did you was, know who she was, Riley? I did, the uh, animal crack. <laughs> Seems like everyone must know Shirley Temple. Everybody Maybe because of Shirley the Temple. drink. Lorelai says, next year it's McDonald's with a slide. Which is a great party. Lorelai says, that was a pretty freaky Friday moment. I don't I don't I don't know that film. I know, what? I know I know I don't Freaky Friday. I don't I don't know. It's that a film. switch. So what was she referring to some sort of mother-daughter switch? After you know the blow-up that Rory had. Oh, right, right, right. Because she became so, oh my God, Scott, what are you talking about? You don't know Freaky Friday with Jodie Foster. It's like from the 70s. Why are you yelling at me? I'm very sensitive. You're yelling this at me. This is a classic. All right, I'll watch it. Good. It's from 1976. Okay, so, all right. I was in high school, but I just, you know, I the title alone kept me away from it. Freaky Friday. It's like, what? what is that title? Oh my God. That's What's why that? they made the reference to it in Gilmore Girls, because it's, so well known that a Freaky Friday is a is a mom daughter body switch. No, no, we weren't watching those movies back then. We were watching Jaws and Star Wars and you know all that kind of stuff. Yeah. For the next episode, I need to know if Riley enjoyed Star Trek for the Voyage Home, and I need to know if you enjoyed the original Jodie Foster Freaky Friday. We'll compare notes, Scott. Yeah. 
All right, guys, now we're, we're at the point of the podcast where everybody's been waiting for. This is the only reason we're doing the show <laughs> is we want to talk about what our favorite lines are. So this this is we're, we're going to call this. Uh, what do we call it? We just call it best lines from the show. Go ahead. Let's start. I mean, mine is you smiled. You're pleased that the Iceman looked at you like a porterhouse steak. I mean, are you kidding me? Emily nails it. And this is, I mean, we're just seeing Luke and Lorelai admitting, mm-hmm. like, starting to have their love. I'll follow up with a second Emily line. Doesn't it look like something you can get at a car wash? Yeah, oh, great no. line. It's only $12. $12 is not a present. Great line. <laughs> and I have a Lorelai line. It's not official until you're huddled in a corner eating your hair. Great line. <laughs> Great line. Uh, okay, so I have a couple. The, the, when I laughed out loud and just bellowed uh, was when Michelle came in and said, please, to, to Jackson, please, no, I want to stay ignorant. You know, I don't, I don't, I, I don't want to know why your arms are up above your head. <laughs> it's like I love that guy, man. He just, you know, he just settles their wagon. Couple of lines, I just laugh out loud. And then uh, the other line where I just, just freaked out was uh, was uh, Mitzi with the snapping of the fingers. Oh. Said, "Growing, I'm growth. I want to grow." <laughs> no, she snapped first. I've been wanting to grow. And, I mean, it was just like perfect. That was perfect. So laughed out loud. There you go. And a little breaking news before we go. How about what, what, what? your nephew is going to be on Maisel? Milo, we've got pictures. So some pictures have been released mm-hmm. from, I think it's season four that they're mm-hmm. shooting right now right. of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And there's our guy. And it looks to me like Milo's character is having a thing with Rachel Brosnahan mm-hmm. with Mrs. Maisel. But he's, I, I don't know that he's going to be too involved with that show because he's got his own show. I mean, he doesn't True, have. True, but I think he's doing multiple episodes. Oh, really? really? I mean, I didn't yeah, because he's not shooting This Is Us right now. It's summer hiatus, so oh, he's doing oh. Maisel. There's only one more season of This Is Us. Yeah. Yeah, but so. he, but he's, I know him. He's not going to. I don't think, I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't know that he's going to want a production schedule all summer. He's well, he needs Google to go it. away. He's and shooting Maisel and his hair is yeah. off. Take a yeah, look. Yeah. No, no, I saw, I know I saw it. I saw it. And, and it looks so good, but, but it's, you know, he's going to need a break. You know, you can't, you can't just do that for a <laughs> solid year without a break. Oh my God. Uh, you are now. Uncle Luke, like you just cannot <sighs> surrender who you are because mm-hmm. now you're worried about Milo's. But it's like the kid tiredness. needs a break. He needs a break. The kid. The, <laughs> these schedules are, are tough, you know. They're, he he can't just go. He's not like a machine. He's not a robot. You can't just like, oh, well, his uh, show ended. He's He doesn't get to have a hiatus, so let's uh, send him to New York and wind him up and uh, let him go on Maisel. And then, he, then he, after he's done there, you know, he can have a day off and he you can go back. he's and, 43 now. Doesn't matter. Look, Uncle Luke, he's 43. Yeah. He wants to do two shows. He can do it. I don't think he's going to want to do it. I think he'll do an episode here and there. All right, everybody. That's, uh, that's pretty much it. Next week, we're going we're gonna to break down uh, episode seven, season one, Kiss and Tell. Oh, boy. What's that going to be about? 
We'll find out. Fasten your seatbelts. It could be a Max Medina situation again. I have a feeling this this gentleman, this friend of mine, this lovely man, Scott Cohen, is going to be driving me a little batty in the not-too-distant future. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> Amy, it's not funny. <laughs> And don't forget, follow us on Instagram at I am all in podcast and email us at Gilmore at iHeartRadio.com. Oh, you Gilmore fans, if you're looking for the best cup of coffee in the world, go to my website for my company, ScottyP.com, S-C-O-T-T-Y-P.com, ScottyP.com, grade one specialty coffee. Ah, summer. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, They have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. He was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.